right, everyone. Welcome back to Ian Hates Movies. It has been a long time coming. You're not going to hear Kelly on this episode. This is a special episode. I would like to introduce for the first time on Ian Hates Movies, Gray Sorensen, the lead vocalist of Charlatan. Gray, how you doing? Welcome back. I am awesome. Thank you, Sai. How are you? Perfect. That was good. absolutely perfect. We're off to a good start. Boom. <laughs> so... Probably anyone who has listened to the show in the past knows how much of a huge fan of The Dark Tower I am. Now, we just went to see the movie, but in this special episode, we're not only going to talk about movie spoilers, we're also going to do book spoilers. So if you haven't read the books, you're going to, whatever it happens to be, you don't want to hear us talk about it, don't listen. Because we are going to go through everything possible that we can remember, that we researched. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. If you want... Make sure to listen to the alternate version where Kelly and I go through the movie and you only have movie spoilers. So, Gray, does that sound good to you? Bitchin'. I am down. All right. So let's get the basics out of the way. Obviously, the Dark Tower movie is an adaptation of the Dark Tower book series by Stephen King. I think I'm getting a little really excited that we're about to talk. <laughs> I, I, can hear, I can hear it in my voice right now. So this is this is awesome. My heart actually just started racing when we <laughs> yeah. started talking about book spoilers. I was like, all right. It really did, didn't it? All right, well, yeah. let's get some background from you, Gray. When was the last time, like, when did you finish the books? Because the last one you read, right, was Win Through the Keyhole? No, I, I read the whole series. Um, so I, my brother-in-law had me start reading this right after the new year. Okay. Um, so I started with Gunslinger in between books four and five. I read went through the keyhole. Oh, so you did the whole timeline thing. Oh, right, very nice. Right. And then, uh, I think it was between, uh, five and six. I read Salem's lot. Very nice. And then, um, between six and seven, I wrote or uh, read hearts in Atlantis. And then I read the dark tower. That's amazing. Wow. So you actually got the whole intro to Father Callahan and all that from doing Salem's Lot. Yeah, I was lucky. My brother-in-law was like, he's been into it forever. When I started getting into reading, he's like, dude, you got to check this out. I'm like, all right, in my own time. And then finally, he's just like, in fact, before I even started the series for Christmas, he gave me uh, Salem's Lot and Hearts in Atlantis. Ah, very nice. Because I told him I'd start reading it after the new year. And then in the middle of it, he's like, all right, you can finally uh, start reading my Christmas gift to you. <laughs> and so I was like, awesome. Very nice. Now, did you read The Little Sisters of Eluria? No, I didn't. I guess, and I'm bad about this because I haven't read either. That's a first novella that actually starts before The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger Tale. Oh, you're kidding me. No, I just, I was looking through stuff and I completely forgotten about it. Actually, my friend texted me about it because he's going to see the movie, I think, this weekend. And yeah, I know the story. I know what happens in it, but I haven't actually read it. Oh, wow. I See, I have no idea. Yeah, it's just a very small novella. It's nothing really that big. It's just a tale that Roland goes through. And it's a good story, but it doesn't necessarily really impact the whole entire series but they do make mention of it a couple of times throughout and it's something we wouldn't pick up not reading that okay well i should read that should uh oh you haven't read it either though no i haven't read okay. it either so we don't really even have to talk about that i was just okay. wondering if you've done it before no i wish i had i wish i knew about it well that can be something that everyone's upset with us about 
<laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was telling you before we started this conversation, mm-hmm. I was like, people are going to be fucking pissed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not an expert. I am a fan. Let me just get that out there. Yeah. I think the best term for us, we are constant readers. There you go. And actually, I was going to make a really, really cheesy joke earlier. This is like we have walked through a portal and we have now combined Ian Hates Movies and Ian Hates Music because there are so many different worlds. Get it? Right. Yeah? That was terrible. Mm-hmm. That was awful. This is, this is kind of like me going through the door on the beach and then I'm just looking through your eyes at this Ian Hates Movie podcast. Yes, exactly. Maybe you can help my life out. That would be perfect. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I doubt it. As long as there are no lobstrosities around here, I think we'll be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> See, this is why we have to do this one for people who have read the books. Otherwise, you'd have no idea what we were talking about. Right. This is going to be nerdy as fuck, I'm oh, sure. Yes. No, absolutely. Well, I know when you've read it, I finished the book series around 2010. It's right. a big undertaking. It really is. Yeah. I think it took a good uh, three and a half, four months for me to go from the gunslinger to uh the dark tower and that's still probably a really good pace yeah i tried to do it like we had talked about this on the other podcast that we've done but i try to do a book a week right um these ones are longer so it took me about a week and a half two weeks depending on which book it was that makes sense and the shortest one is what they were technically trying to adapt right because the wind through the keyhole is actually longer than that right longer than what the gunslinger Oh, I think so. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, yeah, if, if by a couple hundred pages or something like that. It's not too great of a difference, but there is a difference. Yeah, there is for sure. So obviously, and I think people can probably hear it, you know, we are huge super fans of this. You know, not experts, but super fans nonetheless. So, I mean, I have tattoos dedicated to the Dark Tower. It's kind of a big deal. So when they started talking about adapting this probably around 10 years ago or so, they were going to do, you know, the HBO series. They were going to go through book by book. And it took a very long time. And they said, finally, you know, they did the whole casting thing. Now, we can even skip over the quote unquote controversy of casting because I don't think that really matters that much because it is sort of a sequel. You know, it's a sequel to the books. And we weren't able to talk about this in the last podcast. But everyone listening probably knows, obviously, that there were basically, what, three endings to the seventh book of The Dark Tower, right? Yeah. If there's three, I only know of two. (laughs) I guess I count one ending as him opening the doors and walking through. Right. The second one I count is when he actually goes up the stairs and then reemerges and starting the whole tale over. And then Mm -hmm. the third one is when Susanna... Yeah, Susanna goes through and finds another world where there's a Jake and an Eddie. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. So I count those as three. I'm not exactly sure if that's how everyone does it, but I always, that's how I did it. Okay, yeah. See, I kind of just, I figured the the Jake and the Eddie and the Susanna, that was a part of both endings. So I, I always figured it as two endings, but that's, yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So basically, this movie is supposed to pick up sometime after Roland's already ascended the tower. And you're supposed to, you know, it's kind of put out there that Roland's done this quest maybe a countless amount of times. Yeah. But this time, and how they kind of made everything different, was they said, this is the first time he has the Horn of Eld, which he always normally leaves at Jericho Hill. Right. uh, If I'm not mistaken... This is supposed to be the last time 
correct? Yeah, because it says last time around or something on the movie poster. Oh, uh, yeah. So I knew I got it somewhere. I don't yeah. know where from. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm concerned about, and we'll get into this, obviously, we're giving people some backstory. This movie, this one, might be the last time around. Right. And yeah. that's, yeah, that's a little sad for me. And I think that's what we're going to get into in a second here. But so the movie in general, you know, just came out last week. You know, by the time people hear it a little bit longer than that. Reviews came out the Thursday. It actually released wide. It has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. It cost $60 million to make. And it made around $19 million here in the States, which is funny. They did like to put the number 19 everywhere, and we know the significance of that number. So <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. And then worldwide, it made around 30 mil. And I'm not saying that a good movie makes more money or a bad movie makes that amount. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But in general, just the reason why they may continue or not continue is most likely going to be due to money, not that people want to see more movies. Right. Unfortunately. That is very true. I guess my question to you first is, what was the feeling like when you sat down in the theater and you know you were done with all of the trailers that they had and you were just <laughs> ready to start and you saw Tech Corporation that came up? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That actually was one of the first things I wanted to bring up. Absolutely. So um, while we were, while I was reading, I don't remember which book, but I got so into this that uh, – when we signed to the label that we signed to and as we were going, uh, we had to, uh, obtain an LLC and we couldn't figure out a name. We couldn't decide if we wanted to do it under like the charlatan name or anything like that. And so finally I talked the other guys into naming, uh, our LLC, the Tet company. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So once I saw that with the, with the turtle and the rose and it said tech corporate, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I I don't know why, but just for some reason, it really got me. I was like, all right, this is about to happen. And I think that's where it got me, too. And that's why I kind of figured we would have shared that as well. The movie starts and ah, things things kind of ended for me. Mm. I I don't want to you know, there's no point in giving it away. I feel like and I know I'm going to be very, very melodramatic here. But after seeing that movie, I feel like a little part of me died. Really? Yes. And I know you had texted me and told me, don't worry, everything's going to be good. And I was like, yes, I'm very excited for this. But I think we need to go through all that because I did not feel the same way. All right. <laughs> maybe I ruined it for you. No, 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 no. The thing. <laughs> no, I, maybe I did because on the drive there, I was with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and I said, you know what? I'm planning on hating this just so you know. Right. Like, let me just put it out there. I'm planning on hating this. And so when I text you that I had got done with the movie, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, you know what? This is a decent movie. Mm-hmm. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not the best uh, film ad- adaptation of a book I've ever seen. It's just, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And that's when I text you. And so maybe I ruined it for you. <laughs> maybe you were expecting it to hate it. And you might've been pleasantly surprised too, but then I shot your hopes up. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, first, actually, before I answer that, do you have offhand what you think the best adaptation of a book to a movie in your thoughts? Um, I would say I really like the adaptation of the first Harry Potter movie. Oh, okay. That's not a bad I choice. I think it follows along 
pretty decent. I think it omits parts that don't necessarily need to be there, mm-hmm. and it keeps a lot of good parts in it. Yeah, that's a good one. I would have said Lord of the Rings, probably the original. Mm-hmm. Except for okay. we talked about Tom Bombadil. And Tom that Bombadil. Kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut that part out. But other than that, I think that was a pretty faithful adaptation because I saw some people who were questioning that you know, online saying, hey, what was the actual best adaptation that you can think of? So I had to think of it a little bit. Mm. I saw some people say stuff like, I am legend, and I almost threw up. Like, none of that makes any sense to me whatsoever because that <laughs> movie destroyed the book. Like I never read that book. I will tell you, and I don't remember. We might have talked about this before. I am legend. I think we did. Yeah, amazing book. But the only thing that is shared between the book and the movie is the title of the movie and that the main character is male. Yeah. That was a little bit different for me. So I can understand the first Harry Potter, that makes total sense. But what I would say is you definitely didn't ruin it for me because even though I was happy that you told me, hey, you know, from another fan who loves the books, don't worry, the movie's going to be okay. The bar was still very, very low. Like there was no way that was going to completely bring me up to, oh, no, I know I'm going to love this. I still went in going, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hate it. But I was trying to be as open as possible. Can I throw this off course just for a second? Absolutely. What's your least favorite adaptation of a book? To be quite honest, it might be I Am Legend. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I love that book so much. I mean, I guess, I don't know. See, you can't say for me, I wouldn't say The Shining, because even though the book is very different from the movie, the movie that Kubrick did, in my opinion, was still very good. I consider them two separate entities. Okay. So I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Stephen King has a terrible track record with his books being adapted to movies well. Yeah. If we're just talking about that, I mean, the Langoliers, you know, I mean, you could go on. I think even though it was a fun, campy adaptation, that movie did not do the book justice. And this new movie will not do the book justice. Mm, No matter what he says. There's just no way. You can't do... What we And I think we talked about this on the podcast last yeah, time. You just can't do that. So I'll throw the question back to you. What do you think is the worst adaptation? Uh, all three versions of The Hobbit. Ah, yes. And I think we might have talked about that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that is my least favorite adaptation because that book means so much to me. Right. And it just, he, he fucked up every part. I'm sorry, can I even be swearing on this one? Oh, of course. Oh, no, fuck okay. that. Yeah, of course. Do, right. do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I think he just, he totally screwed the pooch on all of those. I I wasn't I wasn't mad that he added to the story. I was mad that he took so much away from it. That makes total sense. I think of amazing books that I really like, like A Prayer for Owen Meany, and they made that like Billy Elliot movie. Like there are really, really bad adaptations for sure. I, I just don't know what the, I don't know what the disconnect is between, like, I know you can't do word for word, for sure. I completely understand that. But why can't you just, I don't know, do justice to the vision? Right. Yeah. I got to throw another good one in there. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong because I haven't, I've, I've previously read the book, like, or more recently than I saw the movie, but that new Ender's Game movie. Oh, yeah. Was pretty pretty good if my my recollection uh is doing me service my killer part on that because i love that book my killer part mm-hmm. on the movie was one harrison ford only phones it in now so it was very yeah. <laughs> it was very tough to watch him try to act now yeah and then also the casting of the main bully was shorter than he was 
And it made it very weird to see that dynamic. Yeah, it kind of made him look like the bully. Yeah, exactly. That was very strange. But I thought the whole battlefield, I thought that was done very well. You know, the training room. I actually really, I, I thought that brought that to life. But other than that, I think it got most of it, even though I think, I don't know, it kind of seemed more romantic, the brother and sister stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That was a little weird. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually not a bad call for that, for sure. But I think a lot of people hated that movie. Oh, fuck them. That's also true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sick of people telling me which movies are good or not. Well, I got to be quite honest. That's what this show does. I know. That's all right, though, because I'm on it. That is now true. I get my two cents. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry for taking us off track. Let's get back to no, it. No, that is what the show does, by the way. It's tangent after tangent. It's the way it goes. Okay, good. All right. So I don't read reviews either. That's something I definitely don't do. I do look at Rotten Tomato scores, though, because since I'm going to be talking about a movie, I certainly don't want anyone else's ideas you know, seeping into it for sure. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I refuse to look at Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Never have. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Maybe that's better. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely refuse. And I, this is going to sound stupid, and people are going to hate me for this. <laughs> but it's because of the Green Hornet. Oh, yeah, they panned that, didn't they? I've never seen it. Yeah, they, they totally shit all over that one. And I was like, you know what? Not a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's also not forget, so, Rotten Tomatoes isn't doing the score. They just have the algorithm that takes from all the other reviews. Right, right. But... I just, I'm like, you know what? Fuck all you people. I'm just going to watch the movie. I'll let me decide. There's been so many movies that people shit on that I'm just like, those were good movies. That's true. I don't care. I agree. Let's even get into it right now. Is that how you feel about The Dark Tower? Right. Last I looked, the Rotten Tomatoes, because I did look at this one just yeah. because you brought it up earlier. <laughs> right. was, I think it was 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. So close to 19. So close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say... If I was to give a percentage, mm-hmm. I would give it, uh, let's go with a 70-ish. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a... This is good. Like, I'm feeling this. It's good. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I said, I'm feeling this. This is good. I like this. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I would have put it down to an 11. All right. Oh, man. I don't even know how to get into this. This is going to be very interesting. So... The movie obviously does not follow the book almost at all. They did say that they were taking from multiple books. So you had, what, Wasteland? This one. Definitely had Wasteland. And then also, they took directly from book seven. They took from the Dark Tower as well. Right. I think they also took a lot from, uh, what was the one with, uh, no, that was Wasteland. Yeah, Wasteland. So, yeah, okay. I was trying to think of what title it was, but yeah. Definitely from Wastelands. Yep. I understand that we weren't doing Drawing of the Three, right? So we knew going in, there's no Oi, there's no Detta, there's no Eddie, you know, whatever name you want to use, Susanna. So that's fine. What I think killed me, and I think this is a good place to start right now, I didn't like that to me they turned it into a young adult novel book. Mm. That's That's what I got the feeling from. As soon as they said that Jake has the shine and made it all about him, that's what killed me a little bit because it felt more like, oh, hey, they're going around looking for these quote-unquote special children to bring down the tower. Oh, well, here's the Hunger Games. You know, here's Maze Runner. Yeah, yeah. That was the unfortunate part for me right away. How did you feel about that? 
Okay. First of all, I got to touch on the shine. Yeah. That I, that to me was the number one thing where I was like, Oh, this is why people hate this movie. There you go. Uh, the, the first one, of them. the first time they even said the word shine mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I was like, Oh, that reads so much better than it pulls out in the yes. movie. <laughs> like it, it sounds so much cooler in a book, the shine. Right. But then when you say it out loud, you go, God, this is dinky as fuck. <laughs> but, but to me, I was like, okay, like minus a word. I was like, this is a good movie. All right. Then we go to Jake. Yes. Um, I can understand why they tried to do it as more of a young adult. Um, I think that's what they try to do with everything. I mean, even writers, they try and write their first book as a young adult book. Like, look at Harry Potter, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, Stone, or depending on where you're at, the Philosopher's Stone, um, it could be, uh, it's, it's very, like, kid-friendly. Um you know, just get people into a world. Uh, and then later you can add all of the dark shit that's going to help you grow as a person or as a reader right. or as a fan. And so I, I wasn't too bummed on that. That I kind of expected that. You know, I didn't expect to have, like, I didn't expect to have the Dark Tower sense of, like, all this evil shit as much as I did what it was. Okay. I, I, so, but then the real thing that bothered me with Jake, Mm -hmm. I think one, I didn't like his friend. I thought his friend was a bogus character. Well, sure. I mean, Hey, look, that friend wasn't as bad as the friend in Spider-Man homecoming was. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, two, I really wish they would have kept it close. I didn't want it to be like spot on to what his family was in the book. But I wanted him to be um, more refused by his family, you know. Right. In his in the book, his mom was kind of this whore. Yeah. You know, didn't, didn't give a shit type thing. I think that also created the connection with him and Roland. Yeah. You know that both of their moms were just these pieces of shit. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then the stepdad thing, I was like, oh, all right, phone it in. One more time. Exactly. You know? Yeah, let's get to this. Like, I'm seriously surprised he didn't go back and get a Bible to hit him. Like, I thought that's <laughs> where they were going to go for, but no, no. Yeah. It's like, okay, evil stepdad. You know, you can't have evil mom. That's right. too bad. You know. Uh, Though they did in Harry my... Potter. No, I, 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 not that they can't. I just think that they shouldn't have, you know. Yeah. Um. More like that's what they think when they're making it is, oh, we can't have this. You know, the dad's got to be a dickhead. Right. The mom's got to be super hot and fucking looks like she's going to be the teacher that this kid wants to end up screwing. That's yeah. what I thought. Of. That's, that's my mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought the same exact thing. And then obviously because of the stepdad thing, they were pushing the whole father-son dynamic between Roland and Jake as well. Right. But – and I wish they would have kept it closer to the book because in the book, his dad is more of just a, he's to himself. He's all about his business. You know, he's not a dick to the kid. He's just, he just wants to be, he wants to make money. He wants to be this guy, this TV executive. Um, so I didn't expect that in the book or in the movie, but I, I just wish it was closer to that. Right. You know, somebody that not just an evil step parent, but more of a, a like we're parents and we don't give a fuck about you type thing yes exactly because that spawns the whole 
going off and doing his own thing in New York. Right. He doesn't care. You know, he, I mean, he cares about his parents, but he knows that they don't, they love him, but don't really care that much kind of thing. So yeah, it gives you that independence that he doesn't mind going on crazy adventures throughout right. the different universes or different worlds. So yeah, that and was lost. In the movie, they almost made it look, or made it sound like, I'm doing this for you, mom. I'm going right. to prove to you I'm not crazy. Yep. You know, and in the books, he was more like, I think I'm fucking crazy. Yes. (laughs) You know, I, I know that I died. I know that fucking Roland killed me. I am fucking terrified. Yeah. Now again, I don't think they should have done it exactly that way, but something closer to that. Not, I'm going to do this for you, mom, but more like, I need to find out that I'm not fucking crazy. If that means leaving my parents, I got to fucking get out of here. I got to go. I got to go find this gunslinger dude, and I got to make sure that I'm not fucking dead. Exactly. And I understand that they can't do it exactly the same either. But something closer to that dynamic would have made me like it so much better because the other thing that got to me is so at the end, there's this whole really great, you know, Roland smiles at Jake. And I'm like, wait a second. And then offers for him to travel worlds with him, basically. And it's like, wait a second. He didn't start liking Jake until like the third or fourth book. (laughs) Okay. Let me hear him backtrack for a second. Go ahead. So in the movie, this is my main problem is that in the movie jake is this broody teenager right right in the book he's much more than that he's this he's this character he's like i said he's literally conflicted because of his own death that he has personally experienced right um it just he has a lot more depth to it now you get into the the rolling thing that was my number one cause of displeasure in this movie is that Roland should have been an asshole. Absolutely. He wasn't a dick throughout. Like, okay, so he held him over a cliff once. once. Like, even That's then, he wasn't that big of a dick. He's just like, get out of my way, bud. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, that was my main cause of dis- discomfort is that he should have been an asshole. You know, and like how soon Jake was able to handle the guns, <laughs> yes. everything. You know, that, that was another thing. Well, don't forget, like, he has the shine. So right. everything okay. works out for him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so messed up. Well, that was the killer. Like, I see them now as Marty McFly and Doc Brown. Just yeah. going to different worlds, yeah. having fun, Rick and Morty. Just not right. as mean and nasty, you know? Yeah. 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 Come on, we gotta go back. Hey, that was we a good impression. Go back, <laughs> Great, Scott. There you go. I like it. We need more Thank impressions you. on the show. Well, I'm not good at them, but I'll do my damnedest. I like that first one. I really do, actually. Well, that I think that was that was a killer for me. Where do you go to now? I think that's. I just. It, I guess I do want to go back for a second. So we didn't mention this. It's rated PG-13. I mm. understand why it is. You know, they don't want to cut off the people that can't go to an R-rated movie. They want this to be a young adult kind of movie, which is what we talked about. I would have right. thought if they would have gone for a strong R. If they had made this Logan meets a fantasy realm, which is basically what this is. You need that brooding... Like, people talked about all the time, who would you want to play Roland if they did the movie? And a lot of people said a younger Clint Eastwood. Right. I mean, that's what Logan was. Yeah, this should have been Logan meets the, the last Harry Potter movie. Oh, there you go. Sure. 
you know, get all the fantasy, but all the emotion that's in that. Logan to me wasn't that emotional. People thought it was. I didn't. Oh. Um, I think I cried during the podcast where I was talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, 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 I don't have that big of a connection with it. I love the movies, but yeah, I think if they would have done Logan, you know, the asshole, maybe he's trying to care. Maybe he has, maybe Roland this time around has some sense of this is my last time around. Mm-hmm. This is my final shot, you know? Uh, but then with all the emotions of like, yeah, you know what? Jake could die. He could be obliterated. Maybe I was an asshole to him for so long, even regardless of his shine. And uh, now I finally understand that this kid needs me. Not only that, but I need him. Yes. Type of thing, you know. Right. But that's another thing. It was only like an hour and 35 minutes. Yes. They edited the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, you could tell. Well, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, that was the other thing. For $60 million, they put in, I think it was like, from what I read, allegedly, like $69 million on reshoots after they did test screenings. Like, because remember, this movie was supposed to come out in February of this year, not August. So they had to show the movie. People said, ew, we don't like this. They redid it with reshoots, and you can tell because there's a lot of smash cuts. When Roland's walking around New York City, it doesn't look like there's any production value whatsoever. I know they were trying for fish out of water, but that just didn't work in the way. It was a $60 million movie. Like, they did not put money into it. And that was, you know, a bad thing from the start, but also that runtime is quick. It was really quick. And from what I understand, all of the reshoots were just to build rolling into a character that he shouldn't have been anyways yeah that's very true i i guess let's give an overview and then we'll kind of talk about what we would do so the whole movie focuses around jake jake finds roland you know after the low men try and capture him the man in black matthew mcconaughey is going around here's another thing too so he's just going around telling people to stop breathing is that a thing I don't remember him ever doing anything like that in the books. He was more of a trickster. He was more of a, I'm going to whisper the evil things in people's ears, and they're kind of going to get motivated to do that. He manipulated people. He wasn't just like, I'm going to use magic tricks. Like, I'm not going to wave my hand in front of you and say, stop breathing. It was just, it was very strange. So he's going around doing that to different people and trying to capture children from different worlds that have psychic powers so they can go to Blue Heaven or uh, I always forget the, it's like Dever, Dever Toy and uh, Ciento, Algis Ciento. I couldn't pronounce either of that. So <laughs> people are going to be very annoyed with me for that, but I at least say Blue Heaven. So Blue Heaven is an area where they have all these psychic children that emit a actual physical blast that hits the tower. That also killed me a little bit inside because they didn't go into the beams and that they're actually attacking the beams and not the literal right. tower. So Very I, I had to do a lot of reaching. All right. Sure. So with the, with the, with the Roland thing or the, the Walter thing, you know, in my mind I go, okay, maybe this is the last time around and they kind of know it. Right. So yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to play the trickster anymore. Maybe he's just like, you know what? I keep fucking up. I got to end this shit. I like that. Okay. And then when it comes to that place, you know, 
even in the book, they're in this city where they just sit under a beam and they just focus their thought. Yeah. And you don't even really witness them actually attacking it. You just witness the beam quakes. Right. They're, they just, it's a town directly under the beam. So then maybe in this movie, what they're doing is going, you know what? That didn't fucking work. It hasn't worked all this time. Let's just actually get the strongest people like the dude. I don't even remember the character from hearts in Atlantis. Like he was supposed to be the guy with the strongest shine. I'm blanking because I even researched a little bit before to get the names. I think his name was Harold. Was it Harold? I could be wrong. It might be. I could be totally wrong. No, no, you might be right. But, you know, he they, they found him, and it was like, okay, when he's here, it works the best. So I was like, okay, maybe – this is how far I stretched it for myself. Maybe they're just – they've learned. Maybe they learned, and this is going to be the most extreme version, right? Okay. That's probably my piece for it until we get further. I'll let you continue. Well, I'm no, sorry. That's actually – no, no, don't apologize. That's a great point to bring up because that's what I was trying to think in the theater as well. First of all, how can we correct – anything that they're doing here which i think they can but also Mm -hmm. what were they trying for because is this that different that they can tell so i'm completely with you on that that's what i was hoping to that instead of being in the background and being that manipulator he's just up front now with everyone the weird thing i thought though was that would have made more sense if every time that the man in black showed up to any of his hench people they were all shocked because they had never seen him before. Right. That was weird to me. Make it that he's been really doing this for a long time. You know him because he wants the job done. Instead, he shows up to multiple people and they're like, wow, I can't believe it's him. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. That was the part that ruins that for me. Like, why not just make it? Well, no, no, it's it's not about getting each other, believe me. No, I know it isn't, but you did. You got me. Thank you. Thank you. Finally. I'm going to put a one on the board there. All right. (laughs) So in general, that's kind of what was happening with the man in black. He finds out that Jake has the most powerful shine possible. It sounds so stupid to say he has the most powerful (laughs) shine (laughs) like Danny in The Shining. Sure. But still weird. Now Jake finds Roland. Roland is on a pure 100% vengeance path towards the man in black, which is fine. I'm completely fine with that. I know that Roland also wants to get to the tower in the books. That is a big thing. He wants to open the doors. He wants to see what it is. But he also wants to kill Walter. Right. In the first, like, three books, that's his main focus. Yes. At least in The Gunslinger, his main focus is just finding Walter. It's absolutely. I mean, it's the first line in the book. Oh, and that was another thing. What was with that quote? That they put up. I know they were trying to focus it on Jake, but why didn't they just go with the first line of the book? Yeah. It's so iconic. I mean, they did do it, but it was like, you know, an eighth of the way through the film. Right. It was kind of a throwaway line because they definitely did the, you know, they did the whole gunslinger creed, which they did like four times in the movie. And you forget how long that is until they do it four times. That's another thing that you go, ah, this reads way better than it goes in the movie. Very true. You know, that's something, that's one of those that like, you throw that in just to give people the chills and then don't do it again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And don't just do it on the trailer as well. Right. Like, don't give it away there. Let them sit and simmer a bit. But yes, I completely agree. Yeah. So we, we got all that. We got through all that. So... The man in black is still going after Jake. They they changed the whole demon thing, which I understand. They're not going to have 
you know, they're not going to have Roland have sex with a demon <laughs> in a PG-13 movie. So I understand what they did. But I thought that they were basically doing the lobstrosities thing when he got hurt. <sighs> because really, what did that actually accomplish? Because he didn't lose his fingers, but he was stunned and he wasn't, he was still able to do his job. But then was that the reason they had to travel to New York? Because it really wasn't. They wanted the portal in New York. It just happened that the medication helped him. So what was the point of that? I thought they were trying to tell a completely different story. Right. And I got to say, in the books, the lobstrosity thing, it really threw me off. I didn't like that. That was probably the only part that I was like, I didn't hate it, but I was indifferent towards it. I would have thought <laughs> I would have thought the part that would have thrown you off was when Stephen King writes himself into the books. No, you're totally right. That was one of my favorite parts. Was it really? It absolutely was. He hates that now. He, I, I think didn't he's, give a fuck. Yeah, he specifically said that as long as they don't do that in the movies, he's going to be happy. Something like that. Yeah, I I love that. I love that in the books. I in the books, I thought that was just I don't know because I've been getting into writing lately, and mm-hmm. I was like. This is a really cool, especially like recently I've read uh, or uh, I didn't read it. I listened to it on audio is um, his on writing oh, memoir. It's so good, right? Right. And so when it comes to that part in the books, I'm like, this is really well done. And you can tell like it, it's almost like I just got to show you how much I love this series so much so that I need to be in it, right. you know? And show like how hard it really was to write this book. Oh yeah, or to write these books. And sorry, I threw us off there. Oh no, no, you're absolutely uh, fine. I agree. No, I threw us when, off because I brought up the Stephen King part. <laughs> well, when it comes to the lobstrosity part, you know, I said I was indifferent towards that. I do agree. I think that's what they were trying to do is like throw a little nod towards that. Right. Um, what I thought was really cool about that part mm-hmm. specifically is that that comes right after they see like the Pennywise yes uh, marquee thing. That whole part with the father, I specifically thought that he, when he reached out, that he was going to say, we all float down here. <laughs> I it was so exactly Pennywise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I think that's more of what they were doing right. was, and that's actually the way I felt it was, okay, this is just like, um, you know, Bob Gray, Pennywise, whatever you want to call that demon sure. uh, thing in it. I was like, okay, well, you may have not done the demon part the way it was in the book, but at least you did it in a way that fans could understand and say, hey, this makes sense if you look at the Pennywise thing and then look at how these, like they said, that every time a, a beam quake happens, like mm-hmm. it allows those demons to kind of come through into the world. Right. I, I thought that was actually really, really spot on. Yeah, I was actually fine with that. The only thing, and I was thinking about this during the theater too, obviously that's how Mordred comes about because of what happens with Roland, but they can mm-hmm. always just, they can make it some other time that Roland, right. you know, is seduced by, you know, a human looking woman, but it's actually a demon. Like they can do that. But that is how Mortred, who is a huge main character later on in the series, I mean, that's how it comes about. Right, for sure. I, I'm really hoping they do the series. <laughs> and I'm really hoping it's on a platform like HBO or something. Yes. I just worry because of money reasons, 
I'm not right. sure that HBO is going to pick it up because why would they want now a possibly tainted franchise? Right. Mm, then again, you know, those, those series, those are where the money's at right now. True. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's what everybody's doing. It's, it's working really well for so many other people now coming out with a movie first. It's iffy. Um, I, I hope they do it. Uh, you know, it would be cool to see it, um, you know, with the violence and with the, with the adultness like of Game of Thrones. Yes. For instance, you know, absolutely. I, I think it could be, I got to say another part that was one of my, one of the things I did like, so we're not just shitting on this, oh, sure. <laughs> is I loved, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I, I appreciated the nod when like the, the homeless guy was like, Hey, you better run. And there was that low man in the yellow coat. Yes. You know, just like in hearts in Atlantis or, uh, the other thing I think that was done super awesome was, I think it's the Tahine or yeah. whatever, the the weasel people that have like the fake masks on. I thought that that was actually my favorite part of the movie. Really? I think that the way they did that was really good. Maybe not the way they pop up, yeah. but the way they they appear. No, that makes complete sense to me. And I was fine with that as well. Like they even showed, you know, Pimley, even though I don't think they actually said his name, but he's the guy from Cabin in the Woods, I think. I I haven't watched that movie, and if it's a book, I haven't seen that either. It's just a actually. I read that. Do you like horror movies at all? I gotta tell you, I don't. <laughs> what about comedy horror movies, like an Evil Dead? See, okay, yeah, like I have seen the first half of Cabin in the Woods, but I just I don't know all about it. Like oh, I know okay. the basic synopsis of it, right, and all of that. But it's one of those movies that I fell asleep in. Oh, okay. And. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not the right movie for you. He was one of the lead. He's one of the lead characters that survives at the end. Mm. So he was the guy in Blue Heaven who was running the machine and always talking to the man in black. Okay. So that's Pimley. All right. Yeah. Cool. So Pimley has a big role. And this, I guess, is one thing I'm worried about. So we kind of trailed off a little bit. So Jake gets captured by the man in black. They do the whole Dixie pig thing, which was kind of weird to me to get through that so quickly since we'll yeah. go back to that actually, but they go through yeah, all that. Yeah, Roland has, you know, his big battle. He actually has a battle with the man in black, which also doesn't normally happen. And then they blow up blue heaven, right? Jake's family is dead. So he has nothing to go back for, you know, and Roland is like, Hey, why don't you come with me? And they yeah. go, and that's really the end of the movie. So, Blue Heaven has one of the best scenes in the books for me. Which one? Or what scene is that? That final battle. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's it's really, and you know, certain things always get to me in King books. Like certain passages, certain pages of dialogue really get to me. Mm -hmm. They win that battle. And I believe it's Pimley that they think is dead. But they win that battle. Pimley's still laying there somewhere on the ground. And they all get together as a quartet and King yeah. specifically like breaks the fourth wall. And he's like, Hey, I am showing you this because I want you to see something happy because I'm about to rip everything that you yeah. love apart. And I thought yeah. that was such amazing writing because right after that is when Pimley, you know, gets up and he shoots Eddie in the head. Yeah. That definitely was one of my favorite passages in all of the books. Yeah. Was it? I, yep. I don't know if it's. I'm glad it's not just me. I'm sure thousands of people love it as well. But it's just, it's something I always remember. And I got shivers 
talking about it just then because yeah. he just set that scene. So now, obviously, you can redo in any movie later on, once everyone cares about Eddie, you can redo some type of a scene like that. But you don't get it at Blue Heaven anymore unless right. they rebuild it like a fucking Death Star, which is what I'm worried right. about. I'm worried they're okay. going to do shit like that. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the, the importance of where it was at you know, that, that really adds to it because they're, they're literally trying to save the universe in that one fight. Exactly. You know, and though they just saved the universe and they feel like, okay, their cotet's going to break up, you know, they feel all weird. They have that, I forget what it's called when it's, when they know the cotet is about to break up. I, I lost it too. Damn it. And then it comes to that spot and they go, okay, we just saved the universe, but our content's broken up. Like, right. what the fuck do we do now? You know, it, what does it matter? Yeah, we saved the universe, but the only thing we care about is gone. Right. You know? You know, obviously, Susanna is heartbroken. I mean, they, they all are. I mean, Eddie was a son to Roland, too, by that time. Right. You know, it's it's losing a member of their family. So, yeah, you don't get that. Plus, think about it this way, too. How are they going to tie Shimi into all this as well because that's how they get into blue heaven is it's a whole roundabout arc where you meet shimi back when yeah. roland falls in love with susan delgado and you think you're never gonna see him again and then he yeah. comes back and gives him the entrance with i think it was a uh, dinky and then someone else and you know this is where i forget some of the names and everything but that's how they well, get into yeah. blue heaven and completely ruin that whole plan that the crimson king has so that kind of stuff it's like Sure, you can do it again, but why? Why right. did you do it that way? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's, yeah, I don't know. I think my percentage is dropping the more and more <laughs> I talk to you about it. <laughs> so this was a bad idea then. That's what you're saying. No, it's great. It's great. I don't want to be falsely happy. Well, let's let's go to the Dixie Pig, which I know is something you want to talk about. For me, yeah. the killer with that, and it's great to see it, believe me. I love seeing, you know, the fucking Mose Eisley of, you know, the Dark Tower universe actually shown. Like, I'm completely fine. I wish there was more to it, for sure. That's mm -hmm. one thing. In a 90-minute film, you don't get the gravitas that that has. But also, so I guess, sure, you can do Father Callahan's redemption somewhere else. But why did you want to do that? Like, it was so perfectly done in the Dixie right. Pig for a reason. Right. You know, and then that's honestly to me too, that's when Jake actually becomes a gunslinger. I know he does all this awesome shit, but to me, that's when he goes, all right, uh, I'm going to take every bit of training that I have, mm -hmm. you know, even before they enter. And I think, I think he takes the plates, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. They thought they were going to die. Right. So he goes, you know what? I'm better with these. At least you can shoot a gun. Yeah. And I'm a gunslinger. I can fucking kill people with whatever. Right. You know, whether it's lightsabers <laughs> or, you know. It, so to me, that was when he actually did become a gunslinger. Like yes. a full-fledged one. Not just this Roland is teaching these guys so they're they're carrying on the line of eld. This is when he actually goes, you know what? This is what I am. And if I die this way, that's all right because I'm doing what a gunslinger does. And I love what you said this, there. That was great. And for this, they just, they take him in, you know, there's, there's none of the, where he's literally afraid that he's going to fucking get eaten. 
there was no Oi to help him in that crucial moment where Oi st- like stands up for both of them yep. and says, you know what? I'm a fucking gunslinger too. And he oh, goes yeah. and he's like, I'm going to die by all these vampires. That's right. You know, there's none of that. There's none of the connection between uh, those three, which is super important to yep. where they're actually going through. And everything is like that scene in the matrix where they're going through the bank. Right. You know, there's, <laughs> there's none of the vampires that want to rape and suck these people's blood, you know, no vampires it's, period. They yeah, don't even go into and, that. Right. They're all like the, I, am I saying it is, is that the tahine? Is that what you call those weasel people? They're animal slash humans. So the tahine, right. I believe had sex with human. I, it's a breed. It's like a half breed, but it's different animals that they can be. Right. But in this one, they mainly show up as weasels. Yeah, I think so. And that's uh, very yeah. good symbolism for what they are. Yeah. And I'm actually reading the stand right now. Oh, nice. And, there's a really cool part where I was like, oh, fuck. Anyways, <laughs> you know, they, they mainly show up. At, I just wanted to make sure that I'm saying the right word, that it's called the tahine, and I'm not mislabeling those. Or contoy um, as well. I, that's another one. Right. Yeah, contoy might be. Actually, maybe it was the contoy are the mix of humans and tahine. That's a possibility. See, and I think the way they were trying to do that was in that fight, um, you know, that really cool shot where – uh, Roland's like listening to everything and yes. then all of a sudden he shoots. I enjoy that. Fucking, yeah, I think that's what they were trying to represent there is that contour or however the fuck you pronounce that. I think that's true for sure. So I think, but then every, I think in the Dixie Pig, they were all supposed to be this tahine thing. You know, there wasn't the mix of all of them plus the vampires plus all of this. Right. It was just these tahine. They just dragged Jake through all willy nilly. And then that's another thing. Roland goes in there. He's having this fight. All of a sudden, he jumps out a window. He's out of it. And then he, like, in a matter of seconds, he's right back to where he just jumped out of a fucking window. He was fighting Sayer. And it's just like, okay, well, I guess we're not even going to talk about how cool Sayer is supposed to be. So let's just, hey, yeah, he's out. He gets hit by a car. And then we'll go back in and everything's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It, the Dixie Pig, it was, I liked how they made it look like this huge city inside of it. Right. But there was a part of me that was like, no, nah, this this isn't as cool. This isn't as, I mean, and then even then, in the books, you go underground and it's all, got all these tunnels. And then there's like a demon worm inside the tunnels that yep. exit in the, into another portal that goes into all these other worlds. And or different portals that go into all these other worlds. It was just like, ah, Dixie Pig could have been so much more badass. It really could have. They could have dedicated, you know, half an hour or something to the lore of that and really gone back and shown things. But I guess that's the thing. They can redo it with a different bar later on or a different scene. But the question is, why? Yeah, because that was Keystone Earth. Yes. So they go back to Keystone Earth a lot. It's a really right. important area, so now the Dixie Pig's just gone. Right, and then, you know, even in the books or in the movie, Ka is a will, or like how they said that, um, like Roland said in the movie, I'm pretty sure he says it in the books too, where he goes, you know, all the worlds are connected, something happens there, and you feel the ripples of the echo here, right. you know. And, but that's Keystone Earth, you know. So you don't fuck with Keystone Earth. of those ripples everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing, too. By the way, did they ever say Ka? 
I don't think so. No, they didn't. And that bummed me out. But I was actually, uh, I was mixed on that. I was kind of happy they didn't because I was like, uh, it was kind of like the shine thing. It's like, please don't ruin that word. Uh, you know, that's true. any word but that, don't ruin that one. That's <laughs> very true. Hey, look, they did the long days, pleasant nights. They did thank you, Cy. They did that once when they were in, I guess, Midworld, right? Where I, right. I, I forgot what town that was. I know it wasn't Lud. I know it wasn't anything like that. They used the seer from that scene from when they're in Wolves of the Kala. So I don't know why they did that either. And the whole her oh, being... Did t- they- See, I thought that seer, I thought that seer was um, in that book, uh, Wastelands, where they're traveling to the train. Yeah, yeah. And they go to that city where they get <laughs> fed and all the mothers yeah. are there or whatever. If like I, the old people. If I did my research correct, I could have sworn that that was the one from Wolves of the Kala. But, oh, no, I could totally be mistaken. No, I might be I just, mistaken, That's too. the way I interpreted it gotcha. as I was watching the movie. Maybe that was a better way to interpret it. I just I happened to look it up later, and I thought that's what they said, but I could be wrong. But that whole back and forth between her and Jake with the talking in the minds and stuff, it's just, why? Right. What I also worry about is Roland, remember when he does teach him the guns, but then he takes the gun back, and he says... This is a gunslinger's weapon. Your weapon is a shine, Jake. I'm worried that if they do continue with the books, I mean, sorry, I do worry that if they continue with the movies, that that is going to be the way it's going to be, that Jake mind controls people and Eddie and, you know, everyone has a different power that they use. Mm -hmm. And that's just fucking ridiculous. Right. And then if you if you remember, too, in the books, the main part of or the main point of the shine, at least for that group, was that that's how they interacted. Like in Wolves of the Kala, when uh, Susanna doesn't want to tell anybody about the baby. Right. And, you know, he's sitting there and he has conflict because he can read her mind. And uh, he's trying not to, you know, and like he's not going to, he goes through all that moral battle of like, okay, well, I have this ability and I can't really do much about it because I do have it. Mm-hmm. what do I do, you know, like morally. And then another thing is as they're learning, they're learning with each other about, because yes. that's one of the things that helps them be caught is this like very certain connection that they have between each other. This very specific connection. It's just them. It's, it's not Jake. Right. Like it's not Jake's power. It's them as a group, as a cotet, because that means something. And it's so strong of a bond. That's why. Right. Well, and Jake is just the best at it, you know. It's that's all that it really was in the books. Yeah, it's just it's barely even mentioned. I mean, he doesn't right. really use it as a anything. It's it's just there. Right. It, it's something to help them with each other, right. really. And so, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's... I want to I want to talk about good things, but I. Yeah. I <laughs> They did a very good job of showing how good a gunslinger is with weapons, with guns. Right. I did not like, well, now I have to do something I didn't like again. I don't like that Roland took out everyone stealthily with a knife. Uh, yeah. Don't remember him ever doing anything like that, nor would he. He's so good with a gun. It's like you're killing someone quietly anyways. Like, that's how good he is. So that was I weird. I do remember him using his stealth, you know, like his his ability to blend in with everything you know i remember when i was reading it it was kind of like uh in the hobbit where bilbo you know he's he's got that ability to be a i don't fucking remember what they call it in that one 
but he's basically like a spy or a burglar. A burglar. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's that's how I remember reading it is that Roland was like that. Yeah. I remember connecting those two and being like, oh, my God, he is fucking badass. Oh, right. You know? Yeah. Oh, and I wasn't saying that he doesn't have stealth. I mean, I don't see him as a Jason Bourne going around killing people with a knife. Especially after they already just went to go get a fuckload of bullets. They stole all those bullets. (laughs) You know, that's when Jake gets taken. Yes. (laughs) You know, he's got fucking rounds and rounds of ammunition. And yeah, he chooses to get him with a knife. Now, I mean. Well, he's not worried about them fortifying because he just walks into the Dixie Pig anyways. Right. So it's not like, oh, okay, now I'm. I, he walked in and just started shooting people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's I. Sometimes you just want to, like, you go, fuck. If I could just talk to the producers and the yeah. director of this fucking thing, the writers. What were you thinking? Well, let's go back for a second here too. What actually made me a little bit not as apprehensive towards the film was when you sent me the reddit ama with the director and part writer i thought he answered those questions wonderfully like i thought it was great i thought hey we might be okay but to me it seemed like all of that was lies yeah it was like pandering (laughs) yeah yeah it was just like okay this will make sure that fans will go to the movie if i tell them what they want to hear because i don't think anything he said besides hey you know we can't have a powwow between Roland and the Man in Black to end the movie, so it's going to be a little different. Yeah. And it was more than a little different. It's a epic gun battle where he's playing with glass and all that bullshit. I was really worried. They almost did a scene from Wanted, which would have uh, killed I me. Know. If he started curving bullets. In the AMA. Oh, I didn't see that he, part. Oh. Well, in the AMA, somebody's like, this isn't going to have curved bullets, is it? And he's like, I used to use someone else's line, motherfucker. Yeah, and he's like, no, no. So I'm like, I don't remember. He said no, but I remember thinking that too. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like it's a cool idea. Like he uses mine, you know, to kill, which is you know fine. Like it worked, but that was also true too. Like I didn't want the man in black to wink at the end. You know, I didn't want Walter to be like, ah, I'll see you later. But that was a little weird that they left it so final like that because certainly yeah. in the book that was up for interpretation whether or not Walter was actually dead or not. Yeah, and he's such a – I mean, then what? Then it's just the tower and the Crimson King, which nobody really even knows about. I mean, yeah. you see the graffiti. That's it, yeah. But, I mean, the, the Crimson King doesn't really become a player until – The last like, 50 pages <laughs> right i mean that's when you first see him but then he doesn't even then become a thing like you see the graffiti um i can't remember which book but it's when like they all get those red slippers oh those red shoes yep you know i think that's the first time you actually see all hell the crimson king like in any lettering or anything yeah because i think if i'm not mistaken i think walter brings him up when they're having their powwow at the end of the first book I think he brings up the Crimson King, possibly, but you don't see that anyone really follows him or cares until later on, like you're talking about. Right. It's it's very strange. Uh, This whole movie was very strange to me. Like I said, I like the bullet part. You know, I like that he was very proficient. It almost seemed like I don't want him to be a superhero, 
But there right. is a special ability he has for reloading the guns and knowing where he needs to shoot, knowing where the guns are at all times. Like that is a special ability technically. So I like that. Right. I like the scene that you mentioned where Jake was being dragged away, even though they gave that away in the trailer once again. But then, you know, I guess really the only other thing that there are two things that I enjoyed. When Jake's father died as a New York fire chief or whatever, he was just a firefighter. Did you like that? No, what I liked about it. So I didn't care. No, I that whole having the father as a hero thing, I didn't like because we talked about that earlier. Okay, yeah, I hated that. Sorry. No, I hated that too. But what I liked was when Walter kills his mother, he burns her to death. There are little things like that because that is obviously a trigger for Jake. So the whole burning people alive thing, I like because I don't think that was something that the man in black does normally. But it's like, hey, this is the best way to get to this kid. And that's what I'm going to do. So I like little things like that. So I enjoyed that. And then when Roland was in the hospital and he sees the talking animals and he says (laughs) one of my favorite lines from the book, do animals still talk on your world? And they didn't go into it because the whole backstory of that is so awesome about how, you know, the world has moved on and Mm -hmm. animals just forgot how to speak. But they used to. And that's why Oi is so cool, you know, based on the power of the quartet you know, he's able to learn again. And it's just, man, that got me. And they didn't delve into it at all. Jake's just like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then it was raccoons too. Yes. Which was kind of like a nod to Oi. Exactly. So that was cool. Yeah. So I, I can pick out little parts of that. And I will say, I didn't go into the movie wanting to hate it. I went into Mm -hmm. the movie thinking I was going or knowing that I was going to hate it. So then my other issue, though, is obviously, so we're talking this out. We're going, you know, piece by piece on it. I was hoping that I could also look at the movie as just, hey, if I didn't read the books, what would this be like for me? And I think that's what kills me, too, is there wasn't even enough humor in this. Like, my mm. theater didn't laugh at all. Like, I, I chuckled with the whole animal line. But other than that, you know, what, we're supposed to laugh because Roland thinks that a hot dog is actually made of dogs? Right. Eh, the the only other part I really laughed at was because it was a line in the book, too, where he goes, what is this? And he's drinking a Coke and the, and Jake says sugar. And I was like, that's funny. That, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, I was and I was fine with that. But I guess, you know, seeing the women who were dressed the way they would and he's like, you've forgotten the face of your father. I did chuckle at that. But that line is it's more than that, though. You right. know what I mean? It totally is. It's, <laughs> but it did, it did, I did chuckle. Yes, I agree. I did chuckle as well. But that was that was it. I mean, what else was interesting or funny throughout, mm-hmm. especially for a PG-13 movie? You think right. you'd have, give me something. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I didn't latch on to anything. I just, I worry that this was a taint on the franchise that people won't be able to go over. Because I can't recommend this film to anyone. I can't Mm. say, like, even if you've read the books, I almost want to say don't. I think I've actually told friends of mine that haven't seen it but have read the books. I said don't go see it. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Well, oh, I got to say one other part that I laughed at. Yeah, go ahead. But it's it's not a funny part. (laughs) When the stepfather dies? (laughs) What's that? When the stepfather dies? I did laugh at that. But um, it was when Jake's about to go into his house Mm -hmm. and find that his parents are dead. Right. Cause I was expecting, I was like, okay, he's going to go in and see that their parents are dead. And he asked the, his neighbor, he's like, Hey, have you seen my mom? And what's his dick? <laughs> and 
He's like, no, they haven't been here all day. I laughed so hard at that part because I knew that his parents were dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) It was really dark of me, but I was fucking (laughs) laughing my ass off. I love the way you explain that because now I wish I had laughed. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I don't know why I was cracking up. I got to be honest, though, on that one, too. I thought they were going to go way darker. Like, I thought Walter was going to be, like, the possession of the stepfather and start talking about how, you know, hey, your hero dad is dead, but I've been fucking your mom for, you know, like, I thought (laughs) he was, you know, real Stephen King shit because that's what Stephen King does. But when it's a PG-13 movie, you're not going to get away with that. So that scene was a letdown except for seeing the charred remains of his mother. I was that I yeah. laughed at that. I was fun. I, was fun <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't. And actually, so like to your earlier point about how will this play to people who've never seen or never read the books and will this get them into it? Mm-hmm. Um, so my girlfriend hasn't read the books and I've been trying to get her to. Oh, sure. Um, but I got to say, when you see her charred remains, I look over at my girlfriend and she is bawling. She's just like full on tears all over her face. I mean, I don't like when hot crying. women die either. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. So I, she really liked, I got to say, my girlfriend loved the movie. She really thought really? it was a good movie. Well, yeah. you know, she connected to the mother in that part then. Was there anyone else that she, like, did she have a favorite? Was Roland a favorite? Did she like Jake? Like, what was what was her main focus then on the film? You know, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I Because after the movie, I was sitting there talking about the movie for like an hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I think that she just really liked it as a film. Okay. I You know, just like playing out a movie maybe never even intends to read the books or anything. She just really thought it was a good movie. Interesting. All yeah. Right. Well, and it could be just because of that one part. Well, I guess that does happen. Look, I went back. I, I like the movie 1408. Have you seen it? I have seen that one. Yeah. The part that brings that entire movie together for me is the scene with his daughter, because mm. I think that's fucking amazing. I yeah. was super shocked that they went that dark and the way it was filmed was really good as well. So maybe for her, that whole thing brought the movie together and that's what she's able to focus on. That's a possibility. I think it might be. I, yeah. I mean, she was, she was giggling at all the parts that you giggle at and stuff. (laughs) And, you know, she was scared at all the parts that you're supposed to be scared at. I think, yeah, she just, and it's kind of funny too, because she doesn't like going to movies with me. This is one that I was like, in fact, I forgot that it came out that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And until you texted me and I was like, all right, dude, we got to go see this. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know. She, and plus uh, she's been getting more into Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Like um, the last time we talked, I was just about to read the green mile. Right. And now she's reading it. And you know, she's, she finally said to me the other day and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she's like, he's a really good writer. And I was like, thank uh... you. <laughs> There Thanks, you go. Babe. Yeah. You guys can stay together. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can I understand know. that. Maybe too, because she liked it. That's one of the reasons I liked it more. I don't know. Hey, maybe that is what happened. I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna have the other show with Kelly and but Kelly hates more stuff than I do. So I mm. can't imagine that she will like this movie, but it's a possibility. And I'll hopefully be able to get it out of her of what she likes about it as well. I really wanted to like it. I I wanted to love it. I wanted to be able to tell everyone, finally, I have visual proof 
of the thing that I love so much. Right. It just yeah. it just didn't happen. And I was looking to really, really love it. I just I didn't see it. I don't know. Do I have blinders on? I think I like a lot of stuff. I know it's called Ian Hates, but mostly <laughs> I talk about things I love. Right. I I don't know. I find it hard when I'm a fan of things to like other people's interpretation of the thing that I enjoy. It's always hard. You know, it's it's hard for you to go, okay, well, this is in someone else's hands, this thing that I have an emotional attachment to. Right. And granted, I just barely read these books for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't have as much held onto it as a lot of people, but I, I would say that I'm a pretty big fucking fan of these books. Yeah. And so to see somebody else's adaptation of it, I just go, come on, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I, maybe it's the cockiness in all of us that we think we can do better than the person that's in control of it. That's why I'm disappointed in the director because of that AMA to tell us everything we wanted to hear. And then obviously to have not done it. That's right. a, that's the tough part because you, you want to say, Hey, you actually have the range. You have what I would kill for. Like I would mm -hmm. love to make, and I still think I'm thinking about that movie. I'm like, I would take out that part, that part. I'd put this in and you can still do the movie. Like I was thinking to myself before we were talking, you can do the dark tower of the first one, not exactly the same as the book. Why don't you add in the past stuff? Why don't you add in mm. rolling, growing up with court? Have him with his friends. And if you want to make it a young adult novel type thing, you've got it right there. Do that whole part in the beginning mixed in with him chasing. You know, have that have that battle at Tull where a demon mm. takes over everyone and makes him fight his way out and have him still chase the man in black, but then have flashback scenes to right. why he hates this guy and what he was doing. That kind of thing. Like, I guess I can say this. I like that his father maybe isn't a cuckold now. Like yeah. I guess I I guess I like that. I didn't like how easy, you know, he took his father out right in front of him. You would think there'd be a little bit more, you know, than just that. But I always mess it up. Is it Jalid or Gilead? How do you actually say it? I say Gilead. Okay. I, I think I don't know how anybody else says it. You know, I saw a quote the other day that says don't make fun of people who say the words wrong because that means they read it in a book. Yeah, that's true. I and say I like, to lead. Huh. That's how I read it myself. So, okay, so Gilead. So the fall of Gilead is really heartbreaking because, yeah, sure, Battle of Jericho Hill was relatively epic. And they're making mm -hmm. it seem like they're going to show that battle at some point. But really, the fall of such an amazing, amazing city and culture and everything that the gunslingers were was really easy. It was really easy, and it was full of people just backstabbing each other. And that's what makes it the worst, because you think gunslingers are supposed to be above that. But, right. you know, Stephen Deshane, his wife is fucking Mart Martine, you know, Broad Cloak and, you know, every other name you want to talk about. And right. he's just letting it happen. And that is slowly eating away at everyone there. And the only people that are there to fight by the end, because Court doesn't even get to fight, he gets poisoned. He doesn't even right. get to fight with people. It's just Elaine and Roland and a couple of other people, but there are other gunslingers that backstab them and stuff. It's very sad. It's really depressing. And I think they're going to change that. I think they're going to, they obviously did because Steven doesn't die 
with Rowan back to back. Like that certainly doesn't happen in the books or the graphic novels or anything like that. But you can change if you want to change that and make that quote unquote better for your vision. Fine. But then why not do it in this movie with flashbacks while Roland is chasing the man in black? Right. You know, yeah. Make it more personal. I mean, that's the way they should have done it. Don't make Roland relatable by going, oh, he had a father. Right. You know, I mean, because there's parts of him that was like getting back at his father, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's why remembering the face of your father is so important. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know. He was so mad at his father for letting Martine, you know, do all the different stuff that he was doing. And for people, I mean, I'm assuming people who are listening to this know what I'm talking about. Obviously, that's one of the other names for Walter and stuff that's, you know, right. people should know that. But, yeah, he hated him for that. He was like, why are you letting my mother go through this? Why, like, everyone can see it and you're bringing down the society. Like, he hated his father for, like, the longest time. So it is very strange. Let's completely change that to that they have this great relationship to where they're fighting side by side. Because, by the way, the way Roland gets out of Jericho Hill is pulling his dead friends over him and pretending right. to be dead. So they right. certainly didn't do that. <laughs> they certainly didn't do that in the movie. But that's a heartbreaking scene as well. Because right. all these people that you learn about in Wizards uh, Wizards and Glass and the graphic novels, all these great friendships that you wish you had in real life, they are dead pieces of meat that he hides under to make sure that he can go on. And am I the only one that didn't really see it as this like North versus South civil war type thing? Cause that's the way they made it look in the movie. Yeah, no, that should not be, that should right. absolutely not be what it is. To me, it was, to me, that battle was more of like the, the big fight at, uh, or in the third Lord of the Rings. Sure. Yeah. Meets like, some kind of Western meets uh, Game of Thrones style city, right. you know, or hill anywhere, you know, it was just, I was like, okay, well, this looks like it was, they're fighting for slavery you yeah. know, or, or something. It was a really weird way. And I think that goes into the budget. Right. But yeah, it's good versus evil. The gunslingers right. are the good people that people are jealous of and they're there to protect people. But when things start to manipulate them and, you know, the darkness rolls in, even the best fall. And that was what the gunslingers were. But you can also instill, like, people that live now have the, you know, quote-unquote power of the gunslinger. They have that creed, you know, they can become gunslingers. It's not a superpower. You're the ultimate good guy. Right. And and you're the ultimate... You're the ultimate talent, you know? It's, yes, that's also true. It's like any, it's like a Jedi or, you know, like Jedi aren't cool just because they will or yield lightsabers. They're cool because they have the force and they understand like the going ons of the, the universe and, right. you know, or like wizards, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, sure. wizards Gandalf, are cool yeah, because right. they understand the good and the evil that they could have inside themselves. You know, it's not just the, the I have a weapon and I have a power. It's the okay, I'm good because I understand I could be bad. And right. I understand how easy it is to be a bad guy, to do evil things. And Roland understands that. Right. He understands that I mean he killed his fucking mother, you know? Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm he sure that won't be in the movie. the greatest evil in himself, you know, like to him, that's the thing that kills him. Yeah. Right? No, and, absolutely. And 
and not literally kills him. It's the thing that eats him up yeah. day in and day out is that he understands what his threshold of evil can be. He understands that he can and has crossed that line. That's what makes a good hero. That's what makes good people good people. I, I'm kind of getting in more into like this Jordan Peterson type thing right now. Oh, sure. <laughs> but it's it's this I I understand that I could be the devil. That's right. why the devil is scary. And that's why being Christ like or God or, you know, take the religion out of it. That's just good dichotomy. Right. It's it's I understand evil. And that's why it is important for me to be good. Going back, that was actually that was great. Going back to The Dark Tower, the actual first book, I mean, you see Roland decide technically to be evil by letting Jake fall. Right. So for onto that, you know, until technically he saves, you know, by going into Mort's body and making sure that Jake doesn't get killed. Technically, you're like, wait a second, I'm supposed to be rooting for this guy who lets a child die. But then again, you also understand that at least I do. The quest, yes. you know, like the thing that you want so much that, yeah, maybe you got to let a little, uh, a couple fuckers die, even yeah. if you do think of them as your kids. The ends justify like, the means, right? Right. It's okay. Well, a kid or the universe, right. you know, and whether it's selfishly or uh, I just want to reach the tower because I've been searching for it for so long, or it's because I want to reach the tower to stop all the evil in the world. You know, it's, it's a mixture of all of it. And yeah, sometimes little kids got to die for that to happen. And not saying that that's how it should be. I'm going to isolate that, that and use that. In the future. <laughs> I mean, not that that's the way that you should be, but right. that's the way that it is sometimes. That's the, at least it's relatable. You know, like when you're thinking about when I read that book, I was going, what is my tower? What is that dark tower in me that I'm going to let all these people fall? If they need to, right. you know, just for me to get there. That's a great way to look at it. That And that's what made the book so special, in my opinion. Right. And The Dark Tower, the first one, to me, is probably the worst out of the group. You know, besides like Wind Through the Keyhole, because that was, you know, a side story type thing. But mm-hmm. that's still how good that book is. That in a series of book, it's considered the worst. But it's the one that introduces you to what things are going to be like in that world. Right. It's, yeah. I mean... He spares nothing to uh, basically the gunslinger is just a book saying, hey, Roland is a hero, but what kind of fucking hero is he? You know? Yeah. It asks that question for sure. <laughs> like, absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, the movie answers that question without yeah. giving you any like, hey, figure this out on your own. We're going to span this out. Instead, you're like, oh, well, I guess he's going to be a father figure to Jake and they're going to go to different worlds and kill things and find the man in black. And Or maybe not. Maybe that was literally the death of Walter. I mean, it's possible. I'll be so bummed. Well, they, they gave no hint. Like, I didn't expect I him to, like, sit up at the end of the movie. By the way, was there any scene at the end of the movie after the credits? I didn't stay. I stayed for about five minutes and didn't see one. So, and I didn't see anyone. I mean, the lights came on in the theater. I figured there wasn't one. Yeah, that's probably true. And I mean, that's a good thing because I don't know what they would show to get people excited for the next one. But if like Walter just sat up or something, I don't think that would work. Nah, no. I oh, I gotta bring this up though. The way he used um, 
fuck i forget what they're called in the books but like those those uh those balls oh merlin's uh, rainbow yeah 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 you know the way he used that in the ammunition shop i was like oh that's so that's a good way to do it like this is walter yes this this is the man in black you know no i totally agree with that and i think if they give them time those are very important as the books go on, obviously, as you know. So mm-hmm. if they do the imagery that way, I'm completely fine with it. That is a good call. That was, I, I didn't like the scene with the guy, you know, I didn't like them stealing the bullets. I didn't understand why they went through so much of that. Uh, that right. was a little weird. But other than that, that part was good. And also, I get a little tired of pandering a little bit, the very ham handedness mm-hmm. of, and they had in the trailer the joke it's like, hey, on your world, do they have bullets? Yeah. Oh, you're going to like Earth. Really? Yeah. When has there been a gun store in New York City? They don't sell ammunition in New York City. It's been years and years and years since any of that. I've never been to New York. I'm from Utah where you can buy bullets on every corner. (laughs) That makes total sense. No, in in New York City, you can't. In Boston, you can't. I mean, every major city, they would never allow an ammunition and gun store. It's just not going to happen. That's funny. Yeah. So that is different for you. That is very true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah for me it's like all right you need i mean i know fucking five people that load their own bullets <laughs> oh really wow yeah i mean that's that's how country i am <laughs> well i was just my company makes me travel now to iowa every once in a while and when i'm out there and i drive by and i see just a store that says guns it's so much different mm-hmm. than what I've been used to for so much of my life. Like I lived in Texas. I lived all over. So Texas wasn't you know, any different from where you are. But being in the East Coast for so long now, you realize that just doesn't happen. Right. That's, that's strange. You don't think about that until you have conversations like this, you know, or like I'll be walking by places and like, say you go into a restaurant or something and it, there'll be a random sign that says um, no concealed Right. Carries right. or something in here, you know, and I go, what, <laughs> like what kind of place? I mean, you can literally like, uh, we went to a, like a little league basketball game and, um, I won't, I probably won't throw this out there cause I don't need any kind of hate <laughs> or whatever, but I, I know a guy that I'm really close to, he was, he has this concealed carry and you know, he's walking into the, the, literally game with his gun yeah that's so different and and it's it's in a school right. <laughs> you know and i'm like well i mean it, it doesn't it's not strange because it's like oh well that's fucking where i grew up you know people don't kill each other here <laughs> they just they all carry guns and no one dies i know it's so it's so weird and you know i'm different than a lot of people in the east coast on gun laws and all that kind of stuff so for me it doesn't it doesn't bother me here, though, in the East Coast, they don't have signs that you can't carry in there because they're expecting you to not be carrying. Yeah, yeah, you, you just can't, can't carry. carry. <laughs> so just so you know, never, ever. I mean, I don't know if you know the band uh, King 810 at all. Uh, no. They're a band from Detroit. And one of their main things is that they will literally cancel shows because they always are strapped. Like, I think every single member yeah. has guns on them all the time because of where they grew up and wow. they won't play in certain venues if those people are like hey you can't bring weapons in here they'll just cancel the show right i remember when we went on tour i was sitting there like for the the mm-hmm. week before 
I was going through the states that you aren't supposed to carry a gun to and like emailing the states trying to figure out like how we can take our guns in and like what are the rules to bring our guns across different state lines. I mean, because both, yeah, yeah, both Tyler and I have our concealed carry. So we just, you know, uh, and I'm not one to like proselytize about any of that. It's just, it's what I do. It's something that I believe in and (laughs) I'm not going to. This is actually good. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but this is actually a good place to twist a little bit. What do you think with this movie? Because I actually didn't see a whole lot of people talking about this because I I checked around to see like what the gossip was on the Internet and everything about it without reading reviews and everything. What do you think the the view is from parents and everything that this movie did kind of glorify guns? Right. Well, and then you look at his guns, though, and they're so cartoonish. True. You know, it's like it's like Yosemite <laughs> Sam's guns. Well, they're, they're built it's, out of Excalibur. <laughs> right. I mean, they look cool as fuck. Yeah. But uh, if there's no blowback, that's probably why, you know. I would assume that, and I mean, in the future movies and in the books, they obviously use many different guns throughout the entire right. time that they're there. It's not, he only has two. So he gives one right. away and then everyone else has regular guns because it's not about the gun you use. It's just about, you know, being a gunslinger. Being a gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting that maybe it was because the movie really didn't do well that no one put up a big fuss about it. But especially with how sensitive a topic, you know, gun control is and everything, it did seem a little weird that no one seemed to care. But maybe it was just because it's cartoonish. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just because no one saw it. That's also true, yes. <laughs> you know, like you said, maybe it's just people didn't watch the fucking movie. When it comes out on HBO, that's when the uproar is going to happen. They're like, I can't believe yeah. it. Game of Thrones has all this stuff, but there are guns <laughs> and gunslingers. <laughs> I mean, if this would have been as big as uh, Deadpool, yeah. you guarantee, guarantee they would talk about the fucking use of guns in that movie. You know, and there were there was but a lot of like, use of guns. But he's in a fucking gunslinger. Get over it. <laughs> it's literally in the name, it's, right? It's there. <laughs> but yeah, that was just yeah. that was something I was thinking about too. Because now everyone gets upset over everything, so right. why not get upset over that? But I guess yeah, maybe they didn't see it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I wish they would have, because if they would have bitched about it, more people would have went and saw the movie. That's actually very true. And I did think about that. I do hurt a little bit when I tell people don't go see it because I want yeah. it to do well because I want more. But also, if they're going to continue to fuck it up, I don't know if I want more. <laughs> I want HBO to pick it up. I want Showtime to pick it up. I want something like right. that. I don't want Spike to pick it up. They just did The Mist. I haven't watched it yet. But I want what Game of Thrones can do. I want the violence. Right. I want the sex. I want all the shit that happens in the books. I want it there. Yep. Yeah, so do I. Because it needs to be there. You should not dumb it down. You shouldn't sugarcoat this stuff. It's supposed to be, uh, I want to say real life, but it's a, it's an epic battle for the universe, basically. Well, I mean, and then just think of it. Stephen King is like the number one horror writer ever. Yes, absolutely. Right? I mean, how are you going to fucking put his movies in a PG-13 movie? Right. It's just, what do you do there? You know, that's like saying... Uh, I can't even make a comparison, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, I don't like think I can either. Saying, "All right, do Harry Potter, but uh, with no magic." Ah, there you go. Okay, that was a good one. It, it just—it doesn't make sense. I, every book that he's read, it has some part in it that, I mean, and I'm a pretty dark guy, but there's parts where I go like, "I'm glad I'm the only one fucking reading this right now, or else people would think I'm fucking crazy." Right. 
Well, I saw to move it to it for a second, and basically right. what we had talked about last podcast. I saw someone talk about, and I forget what site it was. It might have been like Hollywood Reporter or Variety or something. Because I want to see what the deal with the movie was because they were going through like Easter eggs in the trailer or whatever. And they started talking about how they, I think the sentence they said was, I am really glad that they're not going to show the child orgy that they have (laughs) in it. And it's like, well, I understand. They said something like, you better not, Stephen King, you better not show it or something like that. I understand that you don't actually want to see it, but the implication should certainly be there because that is a super big deal. And it's the only, like, it's a bring, it's almost like the cotet thing. It's how they formed their cotet because Stephen King's not a religious person. So he's not going to have a I found God moment to bring these kids together. This was their way of, you know, I want to say coming together, but that's not the right. Oh, but um, yes, that's that's why I have a show. So <laughs> it's just I don't like when people just are like, let's change something that he did because I don't personally like it, you know, because it makes me feel bad. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's why he's a good fucking writer is because he's going to write shit that you don't want to think. Yeah, that's why it's a horror book. I mean, if anything, it's probably the the child orgy. That makes you most terrified. Yeah. You know, right. a bunch of kids fucking like fucking one girl over and over, like running a train yeah. on this girl to save because, her life, to save yeah. her life. And then to have her because you remember it because it's so graphic. You think about it. She's in her head as what you're reading is talking about how different each one is. But right. it also leads to what the story is like, because she knows that with Bill, it means something different. But with Ben. It's even more right. different, and you find out why that is later on because it's more. But that's than... like caught too. Yes, exactly. You know? It's it's like caught to where, or cautet, I should say. Oh, sure. You know, the 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 thing is, is they know they didn't defeat the the clown. They didn't defeat the demon thing. So they're going, okay, well, we need to come back. We need to make this pact. We need to we need to be able to come. There needs to be something to hold us together. Right. And it's going to have to be when we grow up. We're going to start growing up now. We're going to have this experience together because we're the only people that know about this. We're the only people that can defeat this. Right. We are Cotet. So instead of like the Cotet breaking up right now as we're about to, to go into like our teenage years and all that shit, mm-hmm. we need to solidify it here now in the sewers with the piss and the shit as eight nine ten year old kids because it needs to happen it's the only way that they can survive it's absolutely the only way they can survive and then once again as you mentioned before ka is a wheel because when they go back and they have to fight again the same thing happens they do it again because that's what right. brings them together. And that'll be interesting. You know and what? It's scary as fuck. Absolutely. You know what we're going to have to do? It's scary as fuck to read it. That book is fucking amazing. You know what? We shouldn't even, I don't even know why we're giving this away. We should just do I another know, show. Sorry. Well, no, we should just do another well, it's show. It's not going to be in the movie, so. When the movie comes out in September, let's just do another Ian Hates movie for it, and we'll do book spoilers. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I think that works out <laughs> fine. But yeah, that's that's the thing. I just. I don't want them to change things just because they want to. And I think that's what happened with the Dark Tower a lot. And it just lost me. I was almost shaking when I left the theater. Yeah. And it wasn't in anger. It was more of a, I can't believe that just happened. Like, I didn't think the movie would ever be made. 
in my lifetime. Like I thought they'd keep pushing it back and we wouldn't actually, no one would want to take on such a burden of doing the books, but it's now gone. And it feels right. very weird because I'm not sure if they're ever going to reboot it because that's the other thing too, right? In Hollywood now, they don't reboot good movies. Uh, sorry, sorry, they don't reboot bad movies. They only reboot good movies. So I, I just yeah. had it mixed up there. Think about the movies well, that... not even good movies, just movies that sell. Oh, that's true too. That is very true. You too. know, it, they just, they, I mean, think about it. The only reason they actually did this movie is because there, there's years and years of a franchise behind this. Right. And then now that the the fans didn't show up, they didn't say, hey, this is the movie that we want. I mean, who are they going to sell it to? They didn't sell it to the fans the first time. Right. You know? And I think that's a great point to bring up, too, because that's what I was thinking about. I was like, who was this movie being sold to? What right. They were trying for a mass audience, as you would. I completely understand people want to make money. It makes total sense. Right. But don't you think they would have made more money had they focused on the fans because you got to think there are thousands upon thousands of people who have read the dark tower no one reads the dark tower and says i hate that i've never never ever met anyone who has said anything similar i know plenty of people that hate books there are certain books that i hate this is certainly not one of them i don't know how you would so why not market it and why not write it and film it for us and just see is there enough money there to make the movie we want instead of generalizing it and watering it down and making it for mass viewing because they didn't even get the mass viewing? Well, totally. It's, the, it's that way in music. It's that way in any type of art form. Once you start trying to appeal to the masses, you exclude your fan base. And I mean, same reason why people didn't like it or the same reason people didn't like it is the same reason why people didn't go and see it when they could have. It's they knew that it was going to be for everybody. Yeah. You know, they didn't want a movie for everybody. I didn't want a fucking movie for any, everybody. <laughs> right. I wanted shit that only we would understand. If we could sit here and have a podcast explaining to everybody to go and see it, like, yeah. all right, you haven't read the books, but this is all the shit that you should look out for. These are all the Easter eggs. It doesn't make sense when you haven't read the books, but this is what you need to watch for. That would have made so much more money because we would have went and saw it five, ten times. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And the thing is, is that uh, that happens all the time. Everybody tries to appeal to this mass audience, and then they just get rid of, you know, let's take it to music, right? Sure. You know, like, we don't have a shitload of fans, but I guarantee all of our fans are big fans of ours. Oh, yeah. You know? But it's... And it's because we are our own thing. We're, we do what we want to do, and we do it. The people who get it will like it. Right. And we're not trying to appeal to those who don't. So eventually the numbers will get there to where it's we have something that is substantial. Yes. But we're not going to forfeit those people for a broad spectrum of people because it's it's not what it should be. Right. It's not it's not art at that point. It's just candy. It's saying, Hey, here's a bunch of chocolate. Everybody have this, have this chocolate is fucking great. You love it. But you know, I'm, I don't know where I was going well, with that metaphor, <laughs> but I am very happy to hear you say that. Cause I know we talked briefly about that last time as well, because I love your music. I never want you right. to change. Like if you were to all, all right. of a sudden become sleeping with sirens, I'd be like, what yeah. the, my whole world is crumbling. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. It just, it makes more sense. It makes more sense to just, just, I mean, you could have 
you know, a thousand people that'll pay $1 or you can have a hundred people that'll pay $10, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but most likely if you have those hundred people, they're going to spend a hundred dollars, right. you know, and what's the greater number? What's the, what's the bigger gain? Very true. You know? Yeah. So less people saw it, but you're getting more money. You're getting more, you're getting more attention. You're getting people to want what you're producing. Right. I mean, why make something if people aren't going to like it? Not just the broad spectrum that you like tried to market it to, but the fans who really got it in the first place. Absolutely. And I actually, we had a relatively similar talk on the last Ian Hates Music where, and it wasn't an interview or anything. It was just the talk that I normally have with Jackson because it's been really, really weird. I'm looking around sometimes and I see other podcasts are popping up and I'm looking at other artists, you know, share that said podcast or something like that. And I can't listen to other podcasts. We talked about that before. Mm. I can't listen to any other music one because I know for one thing, I know a lot of people steal from my show. And then the other thing is also, I know for a fact that a lot of these shows buy followers. So they get their tick Uh, marks up. Oh, for sure. You can tell. Yeah. You can tell by when they start and how much they have. It's just not possible for them to know that many people. And that's like music. <laughs> it happens in the music world yep. all the time. I think it happens. It probably happens with movies. It happens with uh, comedians as well, like anyone who wants to do it. So I was debating. I was like, well, look, I know for a fact because I just had someone comment on the Facebook page because there's not a lot of likes on the Facebook page. We have a lot of subs, but people don't interact with Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff. So yeah, but you got this underground thing going. You know, and I like it, and that's and that's what I was getting to is I want the show to get out to a lot of people because I think the quality is there. Like I think I'm the best at what I do, and that's what I was talking about. Is I think, especially with interviews, like people listen to like the one we did, and they absolutely love it. Like I love being able to do things like that. But someone mentioned, someone commented, they just heard my recent interview I did. Um, and I talked to them. Mm. The guy loved the interview so much, and he was like, "Hey." I can't believe I just found your podcast, but I'm looking at your numbers here and it looks like no one knows about it. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, man, like I I was like, I appreciate the compliment. I was very, you know, thank you so much. But if you have any suggestions for how to get it out, that's great. But I'm also happy that the people that get it, get it. Sure. I could buy followers and then maybe other bands will be like, oh, look, he has all these followers. We should go do the show. But I don't know. The other people that have all those followers, most of them paid for it. Their interviews are, hey, what's your name? What's the new album's name? I mean, for what you're doing, you're the first podcast that I've ever reached out to and said, hey. Oh, yeah. And that was awesome because I already loved your band. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. But it's the first podcast that I was like, okay, well, this guy actually likes music. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the first because I listen to podcasts all day. We've talked about that this is the first podcast that I've been like, Hey, let's talk. I enjoy what you're doing. You know, that's the thing. Like I try not to be cocky about it, but I know I'm really good at what I do. And the reason why I am is because I love your music. Like that's what we talked about before. I don't have anyone on the show that I don't like. So I feel that comes very naturally to talk about your stuff because I want your stuff to get out there to more people. That's what and I it's, want. And it's so easy to talk to you about the stuff that we're doing because that exists. You know, you're the you're the fan that if you could say that we wrote it for anybody, like, you know, you're the type of fan that we're writing to. 
You know, you're the you're the fan that doesn't need us to write you a song. Right. You can just like a good song when you hear one. Absolutely. And that's you know? that's the way I see the show too is like I am talking to the people that get it. I'm talking to the people that want to hear what I'm saying. So I am right. not going to be that cookie cutter person. I know it sounds like I'm like jumping on a pedestal here. I just I it just happened no, recently. You're... It's been so weird some of the social media stuff that's been going on, so it's on my mind. But it's just one of those things where I am going to joke around about bands and I am going to talk about the bands that I really like and I'm going to make jokes about whatever I want and we're going to talk. But when I have those interviews, I'm going to make it about the person I'm talking to. But I'm not going right. to be that person that just asks the simple questions and and waits for the answer or barely waits for the answer. So that way I'll have Bring Me the Horizon on. Like I love Bring Me the Horizon, right. but... I would hope that they would hear one of the past interviews and be like, oh, I want to do an interview with someone who knows what they're talking about instead of just right. being like, I'm going to do all press and the guy's going to hold his mic there. Like that's, right. you know, and nothing against, you know, the guy who holds the mic. But I don't know. That's just not. It's just it's it's apples and oranges. I mean, like, for instance, when we did our podcast uh, for the music one mm -hmm. is we talked about books 99% of the time. Yeah, that's true. You know? yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of interview I want to have. I don't want to sit there and try to explain what a song is that I'm not, I don't even know the meaning myself. I just know that it meant something to me and that I had to get it out there. Right. You know, and guess where I got a lot of those thoughts, the books that I read. Exactly. And what did we talk about? We <laughs> talked about books and movies the whole time. Right. I mean, the main source of inspiration for like the way I think, the way I, the way I write, the way I just am, we're sitting there talking about books for the most part of our music interview right. now, or conversation, I would say. Oh, sure. Now you take this back to what we, what got us on the subject to the dark tower and how they should have done that film. If they would have just done that same thing and just said, Hey, there already is an audience. Why do we need to fucking create an audience exactly. for a movie for a book franchise that has existed for over I don't know Isn't how many like years. I, years. I personally now? don't know. Yeah. A, a long fucking time. Yeah, a long fucking you know? time. Yep. And most of those people, I mean, obviously I'm 24 now. I just barely read the book series for the first time, right. you know, and there's still people alive that read it from the first book when it came out. Oh yeah. And so I'm you, the audience is there. I mean, not only that, but you have the demographic. Yes. You have the demographic of, 18 you know, to from, 30 whatever yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. main one right it's like yeah it's like 18 to 32 or 34 at least for rated r yeah for sure you know and so there you go why why the fuck are you bringing it down to pg-13 why do you have to make a movie that the fans don't really understand yeah why do you have to make a movie that the people who don't even or haven't read the books they don't really understand it you know the audience is there what the fuck are you doing wouldn't you think you'd market to us, the audience, the core audience, go ahead and make the movie that we want to see, and then we, loving that movie, could go out and more say, hey, everyone, read the book, and then go see the movie. Like It would right. be your own promotion right away, instead of having people go, eh, just read the book, but don't see the movie. Right. Or, if you're the director that actually enjoys the books then you would just make the movie that you want to make as a fan. You know, the only thing I now, wonder I about it. that, there, yeah. there comes money yeah, in the play, exactly. like with producers and all that kind of shit. Yep. But make it an indie film, probably make more fucking money. Yeah. 
I would love to see. I don't need all the special <laughs> effects. I don't need glass to fucking fly out of Walter's hands. I don't need all that shit. I needed that. You know? I, I wish they had done that in the books. I loved it. <laughs> it was cool, but I don't need it. Right. You know, make the Dixie Pig in three separate locations. Do a restaurant, do a warehouse, and then do a big fucking labyrinth of underground nonsense, yeah. you know? Oh, I'd love that. Like, it, there's there's so many things that, even if it was an indie film, yeah, so the production value is not there. So you don't have all the special effects. As long as the gunslinger fucking can close his eyes and shoot somebody in the head from fucking 300 yards away, yep. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't think I could have said that better myself. That was perfect. That was absolutely yeah. perfect. So look, the problem is, I hope I didn't completely ruin the movie for you, because I think you went into this a little bit more positive. <laughs> I was at a 70. I'm about a 60 now. Okay, right. that? That's not bad. That's not bad. I'll stay. You know what? I'm going to bump it up to a 12. All right. Win-win. Yeah. yeah, see? This actually worked <laughs> out. Everyone's happy. I'm sure, you know, I'll get tons of hate for this for sure. But uh, they can email me this time. Yeah, we should do we should do plugs and everything. Was there anything else that we want to talk about? Because I think we did an ex. in my opinion, I think we did an excellent job going through all this stuff and going off on tangents like we always do on the show. Anyways. Yeah. Well, we did the interview or the conversation I wanted to do. Yeah, so. that's all I care about, and I believe I wanted it too. So, all right, so let's do this. And I actually am very happy that we talked a little bit about music as well, obviously, because I can't tell you how much I love your music. That's why we, you know, we continue to talk is because that's how Absolutely. it all came around. So is there anything that you want to plug, you know, concert wise or anything that you want to let people know about? Obviously, like before, I'll have links in the description of the episode so that people can check out your music as well. Obviously, they know your love of books and they know how much you like to talk about them. So I think that should help with music stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, as far as shows or anything, um, we're not really uh, – we're, we're in a lot of things that we can't talk about right now. We're trying to figure stuff out. Oh, I got you. Um, as far as uh, our videos, you know, just look us up on Char – or just Charlatan on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, most of our songs and videos are on the revival, uh, recordings page. Right. Um, you can look at our Facebook, <coughs> just search under charlatan or we are charlatan, mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I don't do the Twitter. I do help with the Instagram and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, my personal account is GM charlatan on Instagram. Uh, you can look me up as Gray Member on Facebook. Um, Are you still doing the hard conversations? Because I haven't seen those as much. I stopped. I got sick of people fucking dancing around the answers. <laughs> I knew I, that like, was going to happen. It, it started off to where everybody was like, yeah, let's have these hard fucking conversations. Yep. And then it just got so uninspired. I tried to write shit that people would give me more than a yes or no fucking answer to. But Gotcha. I did it for myself, and then once it stopped appealing to me, I quit doing it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's honestly the way to do it. But yeah, you can follow Gray on Facebook as well, just like you said. And like I said, I will have all the links there. Is there anything else you can think of? Oh, well, everyone should also pick up the album because it's fucking great. It's called Remarkable. Yes. <clears throat> Make sure you pick that up. That came out this year. It's still so weird to think about that. That came out April of this year. <laughs> yeah. But it is a great fucking album. I still play it to this day because of how thank you so much absolutely man no i can't wait i know there are things you can't announce yet but 
I'm hoping at some point you guys make it to the East Coast. I'm also hoping that, you know, at some point we get new music just because I can't stop. I need more. Well, thank you. Uh, actually, I was writing a song five minutes before you called me. Oh, so. awesome. Very nice. Yeah, I'm at the studio now. <laughs> oh, that's where you are. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, look, I hate to take away time from that, but I think this was awesome as well. So I'm happy that you were no, able to No, this was perfect. No, very nice. So, Gray, once again... Thank you so much for returning to the show. This time, I think you are actually the first person ever. I have talked to people in the music scene about doing this show as well. You are the first person ever to do both. So congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. Ah, I know. Awesome. I got to get like a trophy Let's or a medal. It. Oh, we're definitely going to do it for it. Absolutely. It comes okay. out in September. We will definitely do that. So once again, man, I thought this was awesome. I'm going to love listening back to this. I hope that everyone else enjoys it. And hate mail to both of us. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows how to get in touch with me. So, Gray, <laughs> thank you very much, man. This was awesome. Thank you, Sai. I loved it, man. This was this was an absolute blast. Let's, uh, let's do it right this time. Ready? All right. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. Bam. Got it. Yeah, I did it. Did I it. did it. Oh, I got it right this time. That's right. Right on, dude. This was an absolute blast.
happy and you know it, then you're bad. If you're happy and you know it, then you're bad. If you're happy and you know it, and your pants are slowly growing. If you're happy and you know it,